0: On this episode of the Big O podcast, I'm joined by seven time internationally published cover model, Canada's first ever physique world champion, Canada's first ever physique Olympian, and founder of the legend nation, Aaron Legend. We talk about what it was like competing as a natural athlete in a sport filled with enhanced participants, why The Rock is the person he aspires to be like the most the inspiration for giving back to the community with his fit in the six events and how he continues to cope and move forward with his battle with depression. This is the big O podcast. Welcome back, everybody, for another episode of The Big O Podcast. I am your host, Julian Ortiz, and today I am joined by Canada's first physique world champion and Canada's first ever physique Olympian. And I could go on for ages and ages like that famous clip of Phil Mickelson and Tiger Woods where he has to basically tell them, listen, we get it. This guy is popular. He's accomplished a lot of things. And that is very similar to my guest today, Mr. Aaron Legend. Aaron, how are you doing today, my brother?
1: <laughs> my man. It's nice to actually finally get this going for the people they don't even know. This has been a long time coming, bro. I'm so happy. I'm so happy to be here, brother. Thank you for
0: having me, man. No, of course, man. Yeah, listen, we, uh, we've been talking about this for a long time. The funny thing is, before you and I even connected, um, I follow Anthony Rumble Johnson on, uh, on Instagram. Um, and... Sure enough, one day it was you know going live with Aaron Legend, IBF. It was this whole thing. I'm like, who the hell is this Aaron guy? And then sure enough, like I tune in and uh, it's you and it's you and him and and it was like the first time. And I'm like, wait a second, this guy's in Toronto. So I did that like Instagram creep. I'm like, who is this guy? <laughs> and then I see like Canada and I see Toronto and I see pictures from the uh, like the Bloor Viaduct Bridge. And I'm just like, whoa, who is this guy? And then you know just a few. Short weeks later, we get connected through a mutual friend. And I'm like, oh shit, this is the guy that uh this is the guy I saw on, on Instagram. And sure enough, uh, we've been chatting for a while, obviously for uh, for reasons for your success. You were a little bit busy. You and I both actually recently moved you into the yep. bachelor pad condo. <sighs> <laughs> mine, mine is more of the family, family home. Very different things happen in our <laughs> okay, two locations. <laughs> but yeah, man. but uh, before we get into things, you know, how's that experience been? Obviously you, uh, you've been bouncing back between Vancouver and Toronto when we were first chatting. Um, things very different as far as socially distancing and restaurants and all that kind of stuff. But, you know, what is it that took you out to Vancouver and then what brought you back to Toronto?
1: Yeah, you know, it. Vancouver has always kind of had a place in my heart you know um, I think the first time that I went there was when I competed at the Canadian Nationals in 2013 and there's just this type of essence in the air that's very different from Toronto initially like originally I'm from Ottawa and there was just you know when I had the idea of whether I was going to move to Toronto or Vancouver just leave Ottawa in general those were the two places that I knew that I wanted to go and I wasn't quite sure how my business would uh, succeed out in Vancouver, but there was this type of this connection that I had to that place. I just felt like I was at peace. I felt like I was more, uh, you know, aligned within the the truer, truer, and truest version of myself out there. So when the whole coronavirus thing kind of hit, you know, uh, I'm very sensitive to energy and stuff like that. I think that's why I work really well with people is because I can just kind of read and feel their energy. But you know, it's kind of worked uh, against me in the sense that. I felt so much negative negative energy in the world, considering the fact that we're all in it together, and right. you know, I just needed to kind of go to my place of peace and solace, and for me, that you know, that's Vancouver. So I knew that I was going to take my first vacation, honestly, in six years, uh, to go out there and to just kind of, you know, unplug from everything around me and really plug into you know, nature and kind of finding like deeper, uh, intrinsic, like, uh, you know, purpose within my, my own soul and my life. So That's
0: yeah, good, man, listen, it's, uh, for someone like you who's in the spotlight and we'll really, we'll dive into that as, as we sort of go, there's always a lot of pressure that's sort of put on you, right? I mean, there's a lot of people who are looking up to the stuff that you're doing, whether it's, you know, the legend brand and your inspirational messages or your workouts. I mean, all of the things like you've, I've seen the DMs that you've posted on on Instagram and people being inspired by the work that you've done and what you continue to really do. And you're always giving, right? Like you're giving, you're giving, you're giving. You're not really taking anything. I mean, you're taking the positive energy but you're really just a, a giver. You're giving people an outlet, outlook. You're, you're helping. You're willing to help uh, train people. And we're going to sort of go down that Rolodex I alluded to earlier of all of those sort of accomplishments. And then we're also going to talk about what you want next. What are, what are your goals? And, you know, sometimes people forget the motivational and inspirational people. They need to be motivated and inspired, too. Because you can't just empty your gas, gas tank. You're going to end up on empty. Like you need that fuel to sort of recharge. And I know recently you sort of went through something like that. Um, but before we get into sort of the craziness, I want to talk about the high points. I want to talk about how did you get into, you know, the physique world champion? Like how did you really put sort of, I'll say Canada on the map by being that guy?
1: Yeah. You know, it's uh, it's an interesting story because it actually starts far, you know, far earlier than uh, than the first time I ever stepped on stage. Right. For me, my oldest brother was a massage therapist. Right. And I always tell this story that he would leave these massage anatomy books around the house. And I just became fascinated with the human body and how it's the ultimate tool you know, and, uh, you know, I I created this love and passion for understanding how the body works and how to master your body, you know. For me, it's like, you know, there's a lot of different things that we master, like, and we have different interests about. We might like cars. We might like uh, technology, you know. We might like uh, certain things like that, right? But for me, I'm like, this is your your body. You know, this is something that you're going to have to be in from the day you're born to the day that you die. So, you know, it was easy for me to... To kind of just fall in love with understanding the physiology, the biomechanics, how to master your body, and how to just kind of push it to its limits, right? So I would say that it started with my older brother in that sense. The other thing is, my father, you know, he's been a vegetarian for 30 years and he has, yeah, so like since I was born. So he's always had an interest in nutrition and uh, he's always, you know, kind of educating me and my brothers on how to live a nutritious lifestyle and how to you know, kind of just make healthier, nutritious choices, right? And I think that those things really set me up to be in the position that I am to be a professional athlete and world champion uh, and Olympian and all that stuff, right? So, you know, that's that's initially where it all started. But you know, ultimately how I got into the world of, of competing and, and physique competitions was when I was living in Ottawa, I was working at a private fitness and health consulting uh, like studio. And the owner of that studio at the time had won the Junior Mr. Canada Bodybuilding Championship. And yeah, and Men's Physique, which is the division that I was competing in, was within its, its you know, it was in its early stages. It was only maybe a few months old. I think it was maybe like eight or nine months old. And he approached me and he said, Aaron, you know, listen, you are Men's Physique. <laughs> you are what they're looking for. Right. You've got to do these competitions. And for me, you know, my my parents always had stressed uh, academics over athletics, and I've had a you know an athletic upbringing. But, right. you know, um, I had no interest in doing bodybuilding competitions because I didn't want people, I didn't want it to be too easy for people to be like, oh, he's a meathead, and kind of just right. dis- just discount me for all of the uh, personal self development that I had already been doing my entire life, right? Right. So I didn't want to just be kind of put into that typecast category of. He's just a fucking meathead, you know? Yeah. I don't know if I'm allowed to swear on a show, but yeah, i yeah, fucking not yeah, Listen, to go swearing, nuts, man. So go
0: nuts.
1: I'm just really passionate.
0: <laughs> <laughs> nah, man. Listen, unfiltered, uncensored. I want the real Aaron Legend. That's what this is all about.
1: Aaron Legend's a potty mouth, bro. So <laughs> so yeah, so you know, um, you know, I approached my father one day and I said, Listen, I'm gonna be a bodybuilder, and he's like, you know, my father's of Turkish descent. He was really against okay. the idea. Right? And You know, despite that, you know, I kind of I kind of convinced him and persuaded him into into seeing my idea of how far I can take it. And he said, you know what, Aaron, I believe that you could take this all the way to the Olympia. I believe that you could be a world champion. I believe that you could be an pro Um, and I'll do everything for you. I'll pay for your meals. I'll pay for your flights. I'll pay for your registration. I'll pay for your tan. I'll pay for your food. I'll pay for your gym pass. I'll pay for your supplements. You have to do just one thing and one thing only. I was like, all right, like, what do you want? And he's like, just saying no to taking steroids.
0: Oh, perfect. And uh, absolutely incredible, right? I mean, it's it's one of the things that I I, I do want to talk about because I know you're a huge advocate for natural athletics, right? And for people who are not familiar with what you do, they see the videos and the photos, right? They see like... The oiled up, super tan, tiny waisted dudes that are just shredded. The Arnold mm-hmm. Schwarzeneggers. I mean, he was the considered the goat, maybe, or at least the most yes. recognizable mm-hmm. across all streams of of, of entertainment and media. But at the same time, listen, a lot of women talk about, you know, how it's impossible to live up to some of the standards that they see on Instagram with like these IG models or actresses or or ladies who, you know, can work out 9 hours a day and and have a nutritional coach and have all of these things done for them and then obviously some have plastic surgery and they're enhanced. I mean, kudos to your dad for being like, listen, I'll do all of these things for you because if you just do this one thing and that one thing is probably the healthiest, most important thing because people who take steroids, I mean, look at baseball players or, or, or athletes in general. It's only, they have that finite window. And then all of a sudden when they stop that body, all of a sudden goes from like this apex machine to starting to really deteriorate and the body now is used to something and it's not getting it anymore. and mm-hmm. starts to sort of, uh, turn into, from a grape to a raisin, right? It starts to shrivel up and it just doesn't, doesn't bounce back the elasticity of that. So sorry to interrupt your story. I just, that <laughs> was one of the things I think is, is pretty awesome for your dad, um, to, to listen, I'll, I'll support you and do everything for you. You just got to do this one thing. And how did you find that? Cause you, like I said, you're in an industry of not everyone is going to go with the, the natural way of doing things.
1: Yeah. You know, I agree with you on those points there too. And I'll say that you know, for my father, you know, we went through a lot of struggles together trying to achieve the success in, in, in the bodybuilding industry, you know, by choosing to be a natural athlete right. when enhancements and performance enhancement drugs are so prevalent in that industry. Some people say, you know, that bodybuilding the foundation is is, is built upon enhancements, right? Right. And you know, one thing that I, I can say that <clears throat> that I did find difficult at the time was we would go into these natural competitions that were drug tested and there were still athletes that were taking enhancements in right. those competitions. Right. And I think the judges knew better than to see who was enhanced and who wasn't despite the right. fact that they, that a lot of people were getting drug tested, but I was undefeated essentially all throughout my natural, uh, like natural athletic career. Right. You know what I mean? In the natural stream, because I did compete in the open stream where there was no drug testing. and I still got to be a natural, uh, well, well, natural always, but a national uh, Canadian athlete, and I qualified for that in the first week of of competing, of stepping on stage, I had already qualified in two shows to to be able to do that. So, you know, one thing that I found was very difficult and discouraging for my father and I was, you know, not not just seeing how much enhancements were in the natural industry and the stream of things. However, it was seeing that at the time, and I'm not mad about this. You know, I was yeah. a little resentful at the time, but I mean, like I'm at peace with everything now. Obviously, yeah. was that um, you know the industry wanted to push people that were marketable at the time. So uh, a light-skinned brother usually <laughs> it doesn't appeal to the masses. You know what I'm right, saying?
0: For sure, yeah, yeah, for sure.
1: So so they were putting a lot of other people ahead of us, and uh, and and I felt you know maybe it wasn't warranted and I knew that I was bringing more value to the industry and I thought that maybe by doing the right thing by promoting natural athletics, you know I was going to save the industry. and uh, yeah, I was so naive. and I thought I was going to save the industry and I thought that um, you know I was really doing it for my clients at the time that I was coaching and I wanted to just show them, hey listen, I'm natural, you're natural. Yeah. Let's see how far I can take it and I'm gonna right. go as far as I possibly can. I thought maybe yeah, I could definitely get to the Olympia stage. I could get my pro card and all those things. I knew it was going to be a challenge. But, you know, the whole objective for me was really just to empower, uh, you know, my clients and just to show them, listen, I'm no different than you guys. And I'm putting you guys through the same thing that I'm putting myself through. And I'm going to show you guys how far I can take it. And maybe that's going to, you know, uh, motivate you guys to achieve something of the same for yourself.
0: Now, so you talk about, you know, when you were doing it. Now, do you think that, you know, from the time that you were doing the competitions and you were the natural athlete and you weren't as marketable as some of your competitors. Do you think now, like in 2020, that you would face those same hurdles, maybe not the natural side, but do you think that someone like you, as you said, a light skinned brother, do you think that's not marketable in today's age? Or do you think that if you were competing today, you could have been considered marketable and maybe gotten a push that you didn't get back, back in the day, we'll call it.
1: You know, I'd love to give you an answer to that, bro, but I'm gonna be I'm gonna be real with you and the people. Yeah. There are so many variables yeah. that determine who gets to that top spot. You know, and right. a lot of people like to say politics and stuff like that. You know, politics do do exist to some degree. However, I'll say that you know, politics don't exist to the nefarious degree that people really think. Like, there's not somebody there with like an evil plan, like in a, <laughs> in, a in a in a cave in a lair. That's yeah. like with their cauldron spinning shit up and sprinkling like evil dust in in that shit. You know, at least I like to think that that doesn't exist, but you know, um, you know, there's a lot of variables that really kind of determine who gets that top spot. And right now I think, you know, there is definitely a lot more uh, inclusion and, you know, not fitting the marketable look because they were just trying to get it out there. Right. I wasn't mad about that. I was, I was just like, this is when I got into it. And I know what I bring to the table and if they don't see that, then that's their fucking loss, you know, mm-hmm. but, but you know what? I, I persevered and, you know, I'm grateful for my story because it was like time after time being so close to achieving that pro card and a lot of bullshit. And at the end of the day, you know, I took it all in stride. And I still smile through the pain and the bullshit and uh, and, you know, I've created a solid um, brand and image that really just, you know, includes a lot of people and it just kind of empowers them to show them, uh, like I mentioned, that this could be achieved for them as well. So, you know, it's hard to really give an answer about how things have changed now and and how they would kind of work out. But I think maybe there's a little bit less politics now. It's really more about you look good, you did the work, you're rewarded. You know, so it was a different time. I I would say that there was – it's equally as challenging then as it is now to be a champion. But I think that the challenges at the time in the past were very different than some of the challenges that people would face competing uh, nowadays as well.
0: Fair enough. I mean, yeah, obviously with the topic of like inclusion, things are 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 changing a little bit than than they were back then. So I, I mean, I would hope that you, one always hopes when you're in a competition that it's just the best, the person who's doing the best at what they're supposed to be doing is recognized as the best. Mm-hmm. But so often we see in sports politics or, or or even business, you know, it's not always, as you said, the person who's best, but it's the person who is more marketable, the person who identifies with more of the population that is paying attention to whatever is going on, that they want to sort of have that, that face, that brand so they can continue to sell it. Um, Now you sort of undersold the, the empire that you're building. And I'm going to call it an empire because it's not like a business. It is multiple businesses under the legend brand. So I know you have, you have the clothing line, uh, you have your uh, uh, fitness and health. How did all of this sort of get to be? Because you went from working with your clients to competing in these competitions. And then what sort of went into your mind that said, listen, I can market this even more there's way more out there for me to do and then how did you sort of get to that stage where you're starting to branch out into different things
1: yeah that's a great question and uh, I'll answer it in two things I'll say firstly I'm a stubborn motherfucker (laughs) and when I want something I don't stop until I get it and then the other thing that I'll say the secret to all of my success is reverse engineering okay I already knew that I was going to be who I am doing the things that I'm doing with the people that I'm doing the way that I'm doing it, literally from the day that I was born. All right. You know, and uh, and I can't say that bodybuilding, you know, men's physique wasn't a division and this and that at the time and all that stuff. But I knew that I had um, something to offer that was just so much more than, uh, you know, the traditional lifestyle that most people aspire to have, right? Right no disrespecting to the nine to fivers. Right. But, <laughs> but yeah, but you know, um, I consider myself to be a creative disruptor, you know, that's yeah. a title that I've given myself. And, um, you know, I, I do acting, I'm a public speaker, you know, I'm a professional athlete. Um, I had a talent agency at one time, which I'm probably gonna be reviving soon. There you know, I'm you a go. fashion designer as well, a uh, photographer too. So, I just like to be active and I like to keep going because to be honest, despite all the things that I've done in my life, I don't consider myself to be a successful person, you know, in, in my own eyes at least. And, uh, and, you know, I, I say that sometimes in certain circles and some people get it and some people, uh, you know, they take that as an insult and I'm not comparing myself to others. It's just in my mind, in my idea of who Aaron is by the age of 30, which I'll be in three weeks. Um, you know, I've, I had a notion that I would be so much further than where I am. And that doesn't discredit, you know, in my own mind, all the things that I've been able to achieve. Uh, you know, I'm very grateful for like some of the shit, man, like, like meeting Arnold, for example, and hang out with the rocks family, like shit like that. Like, you just you just don't you never imagine that things like that would happen like John Bones Jones like I know you want to touch on that for sure
0: <laughs> you, know, you know it you for you know, hanging for out sure with know him
1: and, and being friends with John you know things like that are all really exciting things but you know I think any successful person or entrepreneur you kind of hold on to the moment when you're in the moment and you learn to kind of just be grateful when you're in that moment but you're always seeking the next thing. Uh, that you can kind of do to challenge yourself and push yourself further. it's it, It's always ongoing, you know? I' I'm, right. I'm, I'm I'm still hungry, man. Like I, I honestly hustle every single day like I'm broke. And to me, like I don't consider myself to be a successful person
0: uh, yet. <laughs> right. No, it's funny because uh, as as we're talking before the podcast and exchanging uh, messages, uh, I was telling you, you know, oh, I might be able to do the podcast a little bit earlier. You're like, no worries. I got to go sell some stuff. I mean, the th- that that that's the craziest thing is that you have this successful Instagram account, you have this successful business, and you're still personally pushing your own stuff out there. Like, you haven't gotten to the point where it's like, oh, I have a guy, or I've got a girl, or I've got somebody who takes care of this. I mean, obviously, you surround yourself with phenomenal people, and you hire people who are going to help enhance the goal that you want to achieve, but Mm -hmm. you're still on the front line. Like you had someone just today come and pick up in person a hat, right? We're not talking about some like crazy amount of merch. Like this guy picked up a hat and you're like, yeah, come, come pick it up. Photo op. Cool. You also want to, your, your stuff isn't just like, I'm going to push it out and just have everybody wearing it. Not really care who's wearing it. You want to know who's buying it, why they're buying it let's get you some photos of you doing it. And then, Hey, let's meet like you've done. I think to this point, you've done two successful, super successful, big group workouts. Uh, one was on Canada day. One was over the civic day holiday. And then you have the big one coming up um, over labor day in September, a day before you turn 30. I mean, I think that's like the promo. I think I've seen yeah. that so much. Come join. you seen that. <laughs> come, come join. It's the day before I turn 30. So, Obviously, COVID sort of hit and things changed a little bit, whether it was you being able to physically work out with people and some of your clients, a lot of things have had to go on to things like Zoom or Skype or FaceTime or whatever. And you've still been able to accomplish what you had been doing prior to that. What did it feel like to engage all of these people to come out to an event, to work out with you, to have fun, to be around people again? And what was that like emotionally for you? being able to accomplish two incredible events like that.
1: Yeah, you know, I'm I'm happy that you brought light to that because um, you know, I, I live by a very simple philosophy. And it's that as long as you know that you're doing good things in your heart, nothing can really trump that. Nothing can bring that down. And I know that with these events, people are yearning for human to human connection. For sure. Already but even more so right now at this crazy time and chaotic time and uncertain time that the whole entire world is going through. So, you know, I, we did the first Canada day event pro bono, you know, we made $0 off that event that we, we didn't charge anything for people to participate in that. That was more celebratory for Canada, but you know, we took a risk in doing so a calculated risk at that. And, you know, listen, man, all I got to fucking say is you just got to do the right thing. And it just felt like it was right. You know, there was obviously concerns, but you know, I, we owned it, you know, me and my team behind everybody, shout out to everybody that obviously helped make that the success that it was and continuing on uh, as it is. But, you know, like I said, you know, I, there was a lot of effort that went into the background of that that a lot of people just don't see and I love it when people come up to me and they're like, man, like when I tell them like, and then this fell apart and then this last minute and then this like yo, like like you said, I'm on the front line so I'm there doing it all you know, but when I get on and I put myself in that mindset like, I'm a straight arrow, right? But, um, yeah you know, there people will come up to me and they're like, man, like it looks like you pulled it off, like it was so perfect it was seamless, I'm like, well... (laughs) actually, you know, yeah. this, 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 that, and this person, I have to do damage control. It's not, it's not literally that one hour of uh, performing the boot camp and being on and trying to do burpees with everybody while you have a microphone in your head and yeah. you're like breathing into the mic. Like, you know, like it's yeah. not just that, like that's very taxing psychologically, physically as well. Sure. Um, but there's so much work and effort that goes in the weeks leading up to it and the correspondence, like I'm literally on my phone 30 seconds before I grab the mic saying like, how's everybody doing today? Messaging yeah. people, sending the video, they say, all right, there's parking right around the corner, look for the big red sign. Like, yeah. you know, like <laughs> it, it's, it's very chaotic and then after you have to repost all of the social media because I don't want people to feel left out. I'm so yeah. grateful, you know, like you said, doing these photo ops with people here, if somebody wants to come and buy a hat for me in person or a hoodie or, or a bag or whatever, to me, man, bro, like you have no idea. Life is so fucking short. And I'm just so grateful for anybody that wants to be part of anything that's an extension of myself. You know, it's not even it's not even the whole cliche like I want to build a legacy and I want people to remember me. No, it's like I'm here right now, yeah. and I have the power in my hand. I'm on the podium right now, and people want to listen to my voice and they want to listen to what I have to say. So I just want to give those people that are listening every single thing and every part of myself that I possibly can. I'm not going to fucking stop until I'm dead, bro. And I'm going to keep fucking going after that.
0: (laughs) That's right. You'll respawn and and like a phoenix from the ashes. Listen, quick side note. Those bags, super legit. I'm still on the fence. I'm still trying to find, you know, how I'm going to figure it out. I mean, I'm going to get the hoodie for sure, but... Those oh, bags, I I see a lot of people rocking them, right? I mean, you post all the photos and and you have functional merch, right? You're not just creating a clothing line for the sake of creating a clothing line. Lifestyle. You're creating a lifestyle. I mean, and your whole team is out there pushing it. And I'm not just saying this because you're a guest on there because I've been telling you from the jump, I love your stuff and I see it all over. Um, you know, Legend Nation family, I had a lot of people reach out to me once I put the story on that you and I were connecting. Hey. I mean, yeah, I love got it back can't wait looking forward to hearing what aaron has to say no one gives a shit what i say but that's fine <laughs> <Come on. laughs> I'm, i am the vessel in which to get stories out i understand my role um and when we talk about certain things i mean you posted a picture the other day and it just like my eyes lit up and it was the picture of like you and someone like joe rogan for instance and it was from back huh? in the day because J- joe had some hair left so yeah, yeah. but listen He's the kind of guy, and I I feel like same thing with you, like you're grinding, you're doing what you got to do in order to get your, you know, think about what's best for for you and and what you're trying to create. Joe just got a hundred million dollars for doing a podcast, picked his ass up and moved to Texas. So, I mean, he was kind of just like, listen, COVID-19 being in LA is not the greatest thing in the world. I'm going to take my talent somewhere else where it's better for me and what I need to do. And I feel like that's you. You bounce, you're from here, you're going to Vancouver. I'm sure, because I saw like this cryptic uh, story the other day of your, oh, the person that you sort of got into business with to start things off. Yeah. I don't want to say his name because I can't remember it. I don't want to uh, butcher it. We're we but, working
1: on some things, bro. But, trust but me.
0: You're, but you're working on some things, right? And so you are a jack of all trades but you are also a master of all of them too, right? Usually saying jack of all trades, master of none, but really you're cornering the market in what you wanna do. And that might be a testament to someone who you told me you were aspiring to be like. Not aspiring to be, but someone that you see doing something very similar to where you wanna be. And maybe you can speak a little bit to maybe who that person is and what is it about that person that sort of gives you the inspiration to continue on your journey of achieving the stuff that you want to achieve. It's the rock, bro. The goat. He's the goat of entertainment, <laughs> and everything. Um, he, he, listen, he's doing a lot of things, right? Uh, very few things wrong. If that, I mean, he turned his ex-wife into his business partner. I mean, See that. like that's, that's the dream, huge, right? Like that's the dreams. But what about the rock? You know, inspires you to to want to continue to do what you're doing.
1: Well, I mean, I think a lot of us are really um, enamored by him and his story and his success. But I think a lot of people, you know, they just take him for face value in the sense that he looks the way that he does and he's so charming, yeah. right? But you know, long before The Rock was ever in existence in my mind, um, you know, I just I feel like he's perfectly constructed as the best type of leader possible. And anytime that I'm feeling like I'm out of character, I ask myself, what would the rock do? You know, and you never ever seen a video of the rock lashing out at somebody or getting mad or just out of character, right? And, you know, I have days, man, listen, bro, like, I'll tell you most days, I'm fasting. Some days, most most days, more days than not, I'll eat my first meal at 10pm. Because I'm just yeah, I'm just hustling all throughout the day. I'll do a workout, a fasted workout sometime around 11, 12, noon uh, But then it's like the second I'm, my, my, my feet hit the floor, man, I'm up and I'm, I'm answering phone calls I'm emails. I'm selling apparel and stuff like that. Yeah. I mean, you know, I'm out of town. I'm back in town. I'm doing things like trying to like – my schedule is really built up to like to the minute. <clears throat> Excuse me. And, you know, and I see The Rock and I just know obviously – you know, he comes from humble beginnings as well, and that just kind of motivates me to, to keep kind of going. You know what I mean? I feel like, you know, without sounding arrogant, I feel like, you know, I could be in a position similar to his sure. uh, to inspire people. And, you know, a lot of people tell me, like, they're like, yo, like, when I first actually started competing, they're like, oh, This was one of the things that hurt me. People were like, who the fuck is this legend guy, self proclaimed legend? He thinks he's a fucking man, blah, 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 all this shit. And I had to deal, even probably still today, I had to deal with a lot of shit because of it. But I just owned it up. And a lot of people now are like, you're really living up to your name. You know, it's really nice to hear that. And those are the small little things that people will say that kind of keep me going. But I use The Rock as an example because, fuck, man, the guy's doing it all and he's doing it with class. You know, he's not out of character he's always giving his most to his fans and stuff like that. And you could tell genuinely he's actually grateful to be in the position that he's in. And that's how I feel too. You know, I'm on a, on a micro micro fraction of a fraction of a fraction of a scale of success and fame that, that he has achieved. But, you know, I see the way that people light up when I talk to them or when I, when I feature them on my Instagram or they tell me how much it means to them. And, and the thing is this, I, you know, I'm friends with a lot of famous people and I think that, Sometimes they're so in their own head and they're so entitled that they lose track of how much of an impact and influence they have in the lives of other people that even the smallest little gesture, it means the world. People will hold on to that for the rest of their entire lives. So whenever I meet a fan, um, you know, I just try and give them all of me and all of my attention to them in that moment when I have them there. And, you know, there's people that I message every single day, like I don't glamorize it because it's not something that it's a touchy subject, but like I've dealt with depression in my life and I have a lot of men that will come forward and tell me like, listen, man, like you're a role model and I want to like, some of these guys want to kill themselves like tonight and I feel bad because they'll message me and I have to be there for them. But I have so many things on the go and I try and just really give everybody as much as I possibly can while I can. and, And I always put people first. So. You know, I look at The Rock and I think to myself, in these situations um, and circumstances, you know, what would he do and, and how how would I use him as, you know, the ultimate role model for my own self, really, because there aren't too many people that I kind of align with uh, right. in the same regards as, as, as how he's doing it.
0: No, for sure. Listen, and if there's ever, like, the greatest role model, as I said, he's the GOAT, right? I mean, he does a little bit of everything. He... He does a lot of everything, bro. Shit. Yeah, I mean, yeah, he, 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 he does do a lot of everything. I mean, listen, he just bought the XFL with like a group of, of, of other investors. But you, you said something and I don't want to skip over it because you and I had been talking about this because uh, you mentioned to me just, just a little while ago that you, know, you, for someone who is extremely successful and you are there for other people and you have all of these things on the go, you yourself uh, have gone through depression and not overcome it i mean it has bouts where it comes back um but you were mentioning something about you know last year it got it got really bad and you don't really or at least haven't really been able to sort of deal with it because you just have so much stuff going on you can't shut it down even for just you know a day or two what has that been like what was it like one realizing that you were in a in a dark place being as you know super inspirational motivational and how do you find the will power to to continue to go on because like you said there are certain people who will text you and we see it all of the time people just have enough and and they end their lives unfortunately and i i can't imagine what they're going through but you yourself can because you have dealt with that or continuing to deal with that on a daily basis so one what was it like when it first started and two how have you found a way to manage through it.
1: Yeah. Um, you know, I won't get into the details of what onset yeah. my depression. Um, you know, cause I don't want to give any power to that, but I know how it happened for me. And, um, what I can say is for me, the way that it felt was like, like I was just drowning. You know, like more and more every single day I was losing myself. You know, I, I, I couldn't remember certain things one day and the next day even less. And I started to feel numb to a lot of things in my life. And I started to really kind of question my purpose and like, what the fuck's it really worth? You know what I mean? Right. Um, I felt defeated in a lot of ways. And, you know, that depression full force lasted about nine months. And, you know, that was the first time in my life that I really, like, I really latched on to other people, you know Um, you know, I always call myself lone wolf legend. Right. And, uh, and, you know, I'm not saying that I think that I'm Superman, but it's like you get into a notion of like, it's just easier for me to kind of just do what I do rather than to reach out for help or, or, you know, um, try and educate other people on how to get things done, right? It's like, well, I've been there for myself, so I'm gonna be there for myself. And anytime that I've ever asked anyone else for help, you know, you always hear, like, yo, bro, you need anything? Like, I got you, like anything ever, bro. I got you. And then, you know, in those times, I would message, you know, some of my friends, and I'd be like, Yo, man, like, listen, like, I've never asked anybody for help or anything, but I just need someone to talk to. Like, I feel like I'm suffocating, I feel like I'm drowning, man. Like, you know, I'm in a lot of pain right now, and uh, and those people just weren't there for me, you know. So that was really difficult. But you know, there were some people that really stood up in my life at that in in that moment. And actually, funny enough, those people were like strangers right. at the time. And uh, and I feel really bad actually about one of the the, the, the girl in uh, specifically because I just like fully poured into her, like you know, like. Yeah like, yeah, I had never done that before, but like she was incredible. And, uh, you know, she and I don't talk anymore because, you know, I really wasn't myself in those moments, but right. what I, what I can say is that she helped kind of, um, me cope with the depression because one of the things that we, we believe, and this is just my, um, my opinion is that you could beat depression. And I don't think that that's the case. I think for me, at least that, you learn to just kind of cope and manage depression better in different ways. You know, I don't think that there's such thing as like, Oh, I cured depression. and I beat my depression. I think it's just like, you know, you're recovering from it and you're finding different ways to kind of cope. And, um, you know, I can't specifically say that there was a catalyst towards me finding myself again, but You know, it was a lot of soul searching. It was a lot of uh, more than anything kind of cutting, like process of elimination, cutting a lot of negativity out of my life and being fucking real with myself, you know, like literally looking in the mirror and being like, Aaron, like what you're doing isn't helping you anymore. It's not, you know, like, like, who are you lying to? You're just lying to yourself. Right. So there was a lot of uh, self-reflection that I had to do. And ultimately, like just having the right people around just listen It doesn't mean that they were giving the right advice, because, you know, my bad. (laughs)
0: It's all good.
1: I'm gonna be honest. You know, uh, a lot of people don't actually understand me or understand my life in a lot of ways, right? So, um, so I don't, I don't expect people to understand what I'm going through. It's more of, for me, what I needed was I just needed somebody to listen, you know, and just to say like, I'm here. I'm here to listen. So that's really what worked for me, and you know, I can't say it's gonna work for others, but uh, you know, I do my best to just listen when some of these guys and girls message me and they tell me some of the the trauma and pain that they're going through in their life, and I think for them, just knowing that someone, you know, like me, that's very occupied with with businesses and whatnot. Uh, is taking the time just to hear. Like, I have a message, honestly, I'm not going to lie to you. Like, one of my friends wrote, like, a message, like, this long on my screen on Instagram, yeah. and I opened it accidentally. This was right before we started this this call. And uh, and I had to go back and mark it as unread just so it stays in the top of my, my inbox so that I could come back to it and address it after this call, you know? Yeah. Um. But, yeah, for some people, like I said, they just need to know that someone's listening.
0: And I think that's important, right? I mean... You said you had the most, you know, success with with strangers. And sometimes it's the people who don't know anything about you that can help you the most, right? It's usually why people go to counseling or therapy. It's because they're going to go to somebody who doesn't really know them who doesn't get to insert their own opinions into what you're feeling based on what they know about you, right? You could have someone who works with you or or a close friend who's just like, Aaron, shrug it off, man. Like, you're going to be fine. Like, what you're going through will pass. And that's literally, like, the shittiest advice that you could ever get when you were feeling down on yourself. But they're coming from a place where, like, they've seen you at your highest, and that's all they sort of see you at. And they're just kind of like, you know what, you'll you'll figure it out, like you'll be okay. Whereas you're in that moment, you're like, listen, I just need to vent. I don't need even someone to respond back to me or to give me advice, or I'm not even going to listen to the advice, but just to be able to get off your chest, what you're feeling can ultimately make like a huge, huge difference, which is why, I mean, there are things like crisis prevention lines out there for people who need help. And mental health is such a big thing, especially nowadays with everything that happened with COVID for everyone who was dealing with stuff and they got stuck in their house in the most inopportune situation because the only time they ever got a break from whatever they were feeling was to go to their job or to go to see their friends or to go see their family that was sort of taken away from them during the quarantine and the, and the shutdown and the, and the small amount of gatherings. To bring this back to what we were talking about earlier, you're running your events, allowing anyone to really come out and be a part of it and even if I'm not mistaken expanding for the September event because you want to have more people out there and engaged I'm sure there are people who wanted to buy tickets after things were sold out and even if they know nobody who's going to your event they get a sense of community because everyone is there for the same purpose and the same goal and Listen, it's a good thing thing you have those chiseled big ass shoulders because you take (laughs) a lot of pressure and you hold a lot of things up on your shoulder. And it's not easy when you're always helping others and you need a little bit of help and it's not there for you because the lone wolf legend shouldn't have to be the lone wolf, right? Everyone should have that sense of community, including yourself. And I've told you this, and I said, listen, I will be there for you just to listen. I'm not gonna give you advice because I can't put myself or imagine what it is that you are going through. But if you ever need someone to talk to, you know, I'm your guy. I'm always gonna be here <laughs> to just to listen. A- you know, and and tell you some fucked up shit, maybe uh, on occasion <laughs> too, with, with with some of your your lifestyle choices, which is all <laughs> I will say, because I told you I would be nice to you today. Oh. Um,
1: talking about the boat
0: <laughs> uh listen uh, talking about the boat talking about the uh the new environment in which you live in uh um, oh yeah i know yeah, that <laughs> i know that you are staying busy that's all i will say you're, you're staying busy. occupied is the word i like to use <laughs> yes you <laughs> you always got that please do not disturb sign on the doorknob for sure um <laughs> now now we talked about some of your famous people i want to sort of take it to to, to a brighter spot i know uh Anthony Robel Johnson and John Bunch Jones um and I mean obviously you've had photo ops with with Arnold and, and and Joe what are some of the if you can say some of the other uh maybe clientele that you've had who you've either helped with nutrition or helped with contests or anything like that like what are some of the other celebs and, and can we get a cool you know story from you
1: ah uh, okay so I'll say a few things. I got to work on set for American Gods Season 2. Okay. And uh, I got to work really closely with Pablo Schreiber.
0: Nice.
1: uh, And most people know him from Den of Thieves. Yeah. That movie with 50 Cent, Gerard Butler, uh, and O'Shea Jackson.
0: One of my favorite movies of all time.
1: I might watch it tonight. I actually didn't watch it the whole time we were working together. I told him every single time. we trained, We trained every single day, sometimes twice a day. And uh, he's the reason why I got to hang out with the Rocks family because he took me to the red carpet premiere of Skyscraper and he was in that movie. Right. Uh, and it was in the middle of us doing, like, essentially, like, the sex scene for American God. So I had to yeah. monitor his nutrition and diet so that he looked good during that week, which is right. the same week as, as the uh, the event. Um, but I got to work really closely with him. And, man, he's a fucking beast, but he is such a big heart and such a humble man. And uh, And honestly, bro, like, I can't. Excuse me, I can't express how grateful I was for that opportunity there because, he, you know, he uh, he really kind of put me back on my path, and he really believed in me, and he didn't treat me like, uh, you know, like I was a fan or anything like that. He treated me like honestly, like I was a professional in any circumstance. Yeah. Like I go to work out, like, what do you want to work out today, boss? And he's like, you're the boss, man. I don't know. I'm like, all right, <laughs> deadlifts, baby. He's like, if I'm doing deadlifts, you're doing them with me. I was like, fuck, well, let's do bicep curls then. <laughs> So he's a fucking beauty, but, uh, I do have a very good story that I can't share.
0: Oh God. (laughs) It's the worst for a podcast.
1: I'll text you after. Perfect. Uh, but I have a very good story of when I worked out with, uh, Harley from,
0: uh, Epic Mealtime. Oh, um, nice. Very nice. With beard. Yeah. Yeah. So he,
1: he and I were, we're good friends right now and, uh, and we might start training again soon. You know, I don't want to like divulge anything like that. He's a cool guy. Uh, and I respect all these celebrities' personal, private time and space. Yeah. They're people too, right? And and I get it with the pressure. But he and I went to go work out, and uh, one time, and like I said, I can't really tell much about the story, but it was a great workout. And then we ended up hanging out till like five in the morning, yeah. eating like pizza and brownies, playing uh like VR like Beat Saber and shit oh, like that. Nice. Oh man, that was fucking, that was the best. Like that was, that was a, uh, that was such a bro moment, but I'll text you some stuff after i right. tell you a little bit more about that story Perfect. for the context. But yeah, you know, like the funny thing is this, like I've lived a, a really crazy life and I have a lot of, you know, great fun stories. I'll tell you that. But it's, you know, when you put me on the spot, I'm not saying you specifically, it's hard to remember because like when you're in that moment, you're so like engulfed in it that you don't actually, um, you know, you're kind of like starstruck. I don't want to say that word specifically, but for me, I feel like I belong. Right. Right. So I'm just kind of like, you know, I'm a Virgo man. So I'm over analytic. I'm in my own mind. And I'm thinking, wow, there's that person, but like, I don't feel starstruck about it. I'm just so like, you know, live in the present moment, Aaron, live in the present moment, just be present, be available, uh, and surrender to this moment as much as you can. So it's hard for me sometimes like Instagram reminds me, oh, three years ago you did this with this person. I'm like, oh, sh- <laughs> fuck, it's actually true. Like I got to meet GSP, you know, George St. Pierre. Um, you know, I got to interview John Bones Jones. I got to hang out with him a little bit. Uh, you know, Anthony Rumble Johnson and I were business partners
0: actually on on something
1: that you know you're already aware of, but yeah, you got a, you got a lot announce- of
0: stuff going on, man. You got yeah. a lot of stuff. I mean, you have your own stuff. You have Uh, the partnership with rumble you have you know something else going on on the side with like another sort of like clothing line apparel situation going on Um, just shout out to go back to your pablo schreiber thing he also was on like season two of the wire which was like the first time i watched it was like my least favorite season every time i watch it back now i Uh. think it's actually the best season and uh people people like to argue with me about that but i love pablo schreiber great dude um I'm i I'm talking like I like I know who he is, but uh yeah. I, I, I enjoy I enjoy what he does. He yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, actually uh, last time
1: I saw him was in New York and um I think I was com- I don't know, I don't remember if I was competing. I was doing something in New York, I don't even remember what it was. I had no idea. I was doing something in New York and he hit me up and he's like, Yo, I see that you're in New York. I was like, Yo, what's up? Yeah. <laughs> He's like, yo, like, let's meet up. Let's hang out. Let's catch up. And he took me out for like pancakes at this fucking amazing spot. Like that guy, man, like I got to send him a message. I've been saying that I got to send him a message, but like life is fucking short, man. You know, I'm really grateful for everything, bro. I'm grateful to know the people that I know and have met them the way that I have. And, uh, you know, I'll never take any of this stuff for granted, bro. Like I go home man, at the end of the day and I'll pray and I'll just say, thank you. You know, like, whether you're a religious person or not, I was an atheist for quite some time. But when my life hit like rock bottom for yeah. me back in like 2015, which is funny because it all happened for me right when I stepped off the Olympia stage, I got some bad news.
0: Yeah. You know,
1: um, I don't know. Somehow, like, I just decided to start praying, and ever since that day, everything kind of falls into place. Like when I don't pray, good things stop happening.
0: Right. Within yeah.
1: The, within the, the very next day, like if I was right. working towards a project for like six months and I don't pray, the next day it's like, I get a call like, Aaron, oh, sorry, like we decided we're not going to do it, you know? So like, yeah. I'm scared not to pray anymore. Right. And, you know, psychologically, some people look at it as meditation. I don't want to get into the religious stuff too much, but, yeah. uh, you know, it's, uh, it works for me, man. It might work for other people and I'll never push anything on anybody, but you know, that's another thing that just kind of keeps me between the lines. Right.
0: So I want to ask you uh, two sort of more, like, important things. The first one, when they make, and I'm not saying if, but I'm saying when they make the movie about Aaron Legend. Oh, shit. You're going to have to pick three or maybe two actors. If they do, like, a younger and then older, you know, Aaron. um, Because I don't know how good you are with children actors, so I'll, I'll do, like, the young adult and then older adult. Who's playing aaron legend in your movie
1: <laughs> okay so i'm gonna tell you something here as a joke first yeah okay. <laughs> but uh and i'll tell you who, who i have in mind um, okay so like my best friend slash roommate slash business partner robert santos altor santos on instagram with the dreads yeah. and stuff like that you know this guy's so fucking incredibly talented he, if you think you should have him on your show, if you think that I am a talented person, he is 10 times more talented than I will ever be.
0: Jeez. You know, like, like
1: if the, if the pinnacle of my success is up here, his is like, it's not even on screen.
0: Yeah.
1: And I always made a joke to him. I said, I'm going to play Robert Santos in the oh. Robert Santos movie. <laughs> and I said, go. I want you to have a cameo in the Robert Santos movie playing Aaron Legend. Ah, oh,
0: <laughs> there we go. they nice. There we go. That works. This- just for the fuck of
1: it, yeah. But um, but in all seriousness, uh, I don't know, man. Michael B.
0: Jordan, baby. Oh, there we go. See, now we're getting real with this. Michael Very B. Nice.
1: Jordan. I see Michael B. Jordan playing me, and uh, that nigga's gonna have to put on some weight. <laughs> <laughs> I have to start eating right now.
0: Yeah, listen, he he got fairly big when he played Creed, you know, in, in angles, his Creed bro. movies. <laughs> <laughs> That's and angles. He's not gonna. He's not going to be big like Jamie's getting for big for his Tyson movie, but uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. it's uh, it'll be interesting. Yeah. All right, I want I wanted to ask you that because I thought you know that'd be kind of fun, you know, um, you know, with the pop culture. I mean, you dyed your hair like Odell Beckham Jr. I didn't. Oh, I we what? yeah we we weren't we were not going to get through this My podcast issues. without me without me bringing up the blonde the blonde hair which wasn't blonde when you first did it if we can go back to that story i mean it was a different shade of something before it got to where it is now um but the other question i wanted to ask you um was in relation to your next like six months the next six months of your life and we'll call it to the end of 2020 because it's been a pretty messed up year for a lot of people Uh, a lot of people's goals have been cancelled but like right now, you are starting to do your workouts again. You're starting to work with your clients. They're either coming to your to your new spot, or you're going and you're working out with them wherever they need to work out. What is it? What is it that you would like to say? If you had one goal to accomplish by the end of 2020, going into January 2021, what is that goal?
1: It's you know shit, man. Uh, great question. But uh, there's a there's a lot there's a lot there's too much for me to just put it onto one goal, man. You know, um, ultimately, I would love to repair all of the damaged and broken relationships that I've kind of had to push off to the side to pursue. You know, um, I don't want to say success, definitely not fame. I don't give a fuck about fame at all. To me, fame is just a platform to reach and connect with more people. Right. Uh, but I want to say that, you know, I need to, I needed to further establish myself uh, with my businesses and my brand in order to be able to be in a position to actually get back. And, you know, the, the worst part is, it's the people that are closest to you that will kind of scrutinize you, um, you know, which which is the most disheartening thing, because you feel like those were the people that should understand the most. And ultimately, I understand and I try and understand people's pain. Uh, and I realize that they're only in pain simply because they want the one thing that I can't offer, and that's quality time. Right. You know? So for me, I'm still, like I said, I'm not successful in, in, my, uh, in my mind. Uh, however, I would like to establish my business and brand within the next six months. And I'm on the cusp of doing that, of a breakthrough, if you will. Um, and, and I want to be able to be in a position where I could just kind of go back and just really talk to those people and just be like, listen, like, you know, maybe we had a falling out or like, thank you to the people that really stuck by me through all this shit. Like I want to celebrate, I want to celebrate, you know, with these people. I haven't celebrated any of my success. Like, you know, you see me on the boat having fun in this and that to me, that's still business, man. I'm not going to lie. That's uh, it's part of branding to some degree. For sure. Um, but you know, you know, I'll, I'll just leave it at that. If there's one thing really that I, I want to spend, uh, you know, the next six months doing, it's to finalize all of my businesses. And, you know, I know in doing that with the things that I have in the pipeline that I'll be able to actually give back to those people there that, uh, that stuck by me and, and even some of those people that might have kind of given up on me along the way.
0: Listen, uh, 2020 has definitely been the year of reconnection. I mean, a lot of people saw that with not having to go out, uh, being at home with their family way more than than they would have needed to. And I think it's good. I mean, I think it's reflections always great. Repairing old relationships is great. Continuing to succeed and have your business flourish the way that you are working and grinding. And the thing is, it is a grind. I mean, there are times where I'm... You know, going to sleep, or maybe my kid wakes up in the middle of the night. It's like two, three a.m. You're still doing your thing, like you're still branding. You're still up late working on whatever you do. And so, I wish you nothing but success. I know that uh, we have reached our sort of our time limit for this evening, because I know that uh, you're a busy man. You're a busy <laughs> man. You, got, you got things <laughs> to do. I'm not the only person yeah. you're. You're occupied with just today. Shut up, bro. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Got emails, man. I don't know what talking <laughs> about. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Emails, text messages, all that stuff for sure. Mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. But listen, Aaron Legend, uh, I want you to, I want you to, what's your, your handle on Instagram? Where can the people find you? What can they expect when finding you? Give them all of that fun stuff because you know what? You're a great follow on Instagram. You're a great person to chat with. And your merch, like I said, your gear, your, your, your stuff is incredible. So sh- tell the people where they can find it all.
1: Yeah, so it's Aaron Legend, E R E N, Legend, I F B B Pro is my Instagram. And I got to spell out my first name because everybody looks for A A R O N. And I'm like, <laughs> I never found you until they yeah. bumped into me and in person. And I'm like, well, <laughs> it's with an E, right? So E yeah. R uh, E N L E G N D I F B B Pro, that's me. And if you want to follow our Legend Nation coaching, it's legend.nation. Uh, and that's all on Instagram. And the apparel is legend.fit. So, yeah, yeah, if you guys are interested in anything that I'm doing, we got a lot of stuff coming up. And honestly, you know, like I mentioned, we've kind of put ourselves in a position right now to just give back. So you're going to be seeing a lot of things. And I would encourage everybody to just really stay stay tuned.
0: Amazing stuff. Now, we didn't get to talk about something, but we will talk about it because I'm going to have you on again because there's so much more left to discuss. But just flash that baby on the screen. As you call <laughs> it, the baby. <laughs> My baby, Boom. baby. Yeah. That's that's it so that's the world champion ring yeah that's the world that's champion ring Now we're gonna we're gonna get to that with episode two with aaron for those of you who are just listening he has a beautiful world champion ring on that is uh it is actually nicer than the toronto raptors rings which i mean i digress we're not gonna I've been told that so. right now. <laughs> <laughs> uh, for the big old podcast i'm your host julian ortiz have a good night everybody thanks for having me brother